Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Hola, hola, mi gente. I'm Jessica Yanez, and this is the Wine and Chisme podcast. A podcast created to amplify voices and share the stories of people from BIPOC communities doing remarkable things. All while sipping on a glass of wine. So welcome to your new Wednesday. The Wine and Chisme Wednesday. Welcome to the Wine and Cheese My Podcast. <laughs> Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. It's been, it, oh my gosh, the, today has been crazy. Literally, I just got off a recording with Pam because she's the one who did my one year anniversary recording. That's right. Congratulations. Thank you. So I'm back to back, literally back to back. So. <laughs> Before we get into all of the chisme, we always start with the wine. And I don't know if you are partaking or not, but you know, I always have my wine. Yes. And what are you drinking today? So I am drinking um, Herencia del Valle. Actually, this is what I was drinking with Pam, but because it was back to back, I'm like, well, guess I'm going to keep drinking this. It's <laughs> a 2014 Zinfandel from Napa Valley. And mm. I love this wine. I actually just tasted it while I for the first time when I was with her and when I was smelling it, I was smelling, um, like, like dark cherry, like black cherry, mm -hmm. not red cherry, but like black cherry, you know, those darker cherry mm -hmm. plum and cedar is what I was tasting. Oh, like that's what I smell. And then that's what I was like kind of tasting when I was tasting it. It's really good. That sounds amazing. So who makes this one? This is by Herencia del Valle. Herencia del Valle, they are a um, Latino winemaker out of the Napa area. So it's Guillermo and Angelica. And they actually have a company where they process all of the grapes and everything. And then they decided to move over to winemaking as well. And he's the president of MAVA, which is the Mexican American Vintners Association. So they've been super supportive of the podcast. They've been super supportive of me and they make really rad wines. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm really excited. Um, I can't wait to like try the next set of uh, wine. What is it? The monthly wine club or yeah, uh, the, not, wine, the virtual yeah. wine tastings. Yeah. So yeah are you the, drinking anything or are you just drinking water today? Um, I actually have a lot of meetings left for the day. So unfortunately I'm drinking water, but I had some amazing wine last night that I really, really loved. It was um, some Spaniard. I think it was like a Tempranillo. But it was beautiful. I mean, it was only nine bucks and I got it at Whole Foods. I'll was have it to from, get you the name. No, from Spain. Spain. Yeah, from Spain. Well, it was really good. Salud. There's my sound effects. <laughs> That's like my mug. mug. <laughs> yeah. Warm water. Tip for all those who well, are like yeah, podcasters. Or I'm going to take a sip of my wine then. Okay. Lovely, lovely. This is such a good wine. I'm, I feel like this might be gone today. That might be 
going through this, this bottle today for the rest of the day. But Rita, I'm so happy to have you here. You are the founder of the Latina Podcasters Network, which is how we met. Yeah. And there has a lot has happened on both of our ends over the last year, right? It's crazy. Let's start with how you even got, I know you have limited time, so I'm just going to kind of jump a little bit farther than I normally do. No worries. How in general, did you even get involved in podcasting or how did you first actually before that, how did you even first start hearing about what podcasting is and was and when did you get interested in that? Sure. So the first podcast I ever listened to was Serial. And I actually heard about it maybe five or six, maybe less than that, about four or five years ago. So I have not even been like a podcaster for many years. But what's really interesting is my previous background in college, when I first started out, I um, had really bad insomnia. And so friends of mine had, they had a studio and I would go to the studio and they would teach me how to edit sound, right? So like uh, basically producing music. And back then, for all of those who remember this far back, we all had Nextel phones, remember? <laughs> I did the Nextel phones Nextel where phone. you could use any music. Oh, I didn't have a Nextel Hello. phone. I worked at AT&T in 99. So I had a Nokia phone that they gave us. Oh, cool. Well, I, I actually also did. I mean, there's so many interesting jobs that I've held, but I did work at a company at one point, cell phone company, and is where I ended up getting the Nextel phone. But you know, with Nextels, you edit audio to put onto your phone. And so there were like these little sim- sampling like producer kits that you could use to edit whatever audio and put it on your phone. And that would be your ringtone. I know it's very cheesy back then, you guys, but just go with it. Oh, well, remember, we used to record like you used to record something on to be able to edit it. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. You could come record along it. With you. You've come along. Yeah, with exactly. Um, And so, you know, I think I always just really liked to do production and um, understand the back end on how like the nuts and bolts of audio and how it all went together. And then in a couple of years ago, like I said, I I listened to my first episode of Serial and I was hooked. And I even I still remember to this day because Serial is the name of the podcast. Uh It's a murder podcast. <laughs> or like, you know, unsolved. Well, mysteries, I didn't know what if you meant cereal like the kind you eat. Or oh no. Now I get like cereal murders or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, got it. So I still remember to the day um when I posted on my Facebook page, I was like, oh my God, what are these like podcast things and why has no one ever told me about it? Like, please post your favorite podcasts. So there was, you know, people came out of the woodworks posting all their favorite podcast episodes. And it was like hundreds. And I'm like, what is this? Why have I not heard of this before? And it's been sitting on my iPhone since the beginning of time, right? So as luck would have it, fast forward, I went through, um, my grandmother had passed away. Um, I got my heart broken. And so I was going through like a transitional phase in my life. And I was looking at all these um, positive quotes on Instagram and just really absorbing a lot of very positive audio off of YouTube. And then obviously started to learn about podcasts. And I was like, you know what? I want to give back to the world um, these messages that I was getting when I was trying to pull myself out of this place, right? So I decided one day, joking around with one of my girlfriends, I found the Anchor app. This was two years, two going on three years ago. Found the Anchor app. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead. 
I'm going to try this out. And she's like, no, you're going to do it like right now. So the first episode on the podcast empowerment and all that, which is now going to be rebranded to become Empodera Latina, which is going to be the flagship podcast for the Latina Podcasters Network. It, the, the first episode was about self-love and it's still unedited and raw. And it was two of my girlfriends, both amazing urologists. And I was just like in that mental trance, you know, just like, what am I going to do next with my life and all this stuff? And like these, all three of us are just sitting there talking about the importance of self-love, right? Like on the most basic fundamental level as people, we all still struggle with imposter syndrome. We all still struggle with self-love. We all still have these moments of doubt. And here we are all in different parts of our careers and different parts of life and different career choices that we've made. And all three of us are sitting there talking about the same exact thing, right? So I think that that was when I realized, wow, this podcast thing is pretty powerful and it can be very transformative. And imagine if I do it, how much more of an impact it would be if I connected with other people that would do it too. And so like, I continued on this journey of like trying to find other podcasters because I was like, there's no way I'm the only podcaster talking about this, right? And so like I searched and then I found one message group. And then from that message group, I found another one and another one. And I was like, where are the Latinas at? There's no way there are no Latinas, like zero. This is crazy. I'm not the only Latina podcasting, right? And if I was, then that would have been like absolutely phenomenal. And now I was like the pioneer of plus one. (laughs) But I wasn't. And so like I set out to find the rest of my community because one of the most beautiful things about being Latina and being Latinx in this country is that we are so um, stereotyped and pigeonholed to be a specific thing. Right. And, you know, I had even started to believe the stereotype myself because in our industries, in our careers, we don't always just see people that look like us, that act like us, that talk like us, that have any similarities to us. You know, normally if you're an educated Latina or Latino or um, African-American person or anybody of the BIPOC community, the percentages of diversity in our different professional careers are very low, or at least up until hopefully last year was the last time that that would ever happen again. And we're going to look more diverse across the board. That's the hope, fingers crossed, but we'll see what happens, you know, as companies are being held to standards at this point where they know that we're here. So I wanted to just like reconnect to my roots and be able to see that we are actually here and to see what that looked like. And I was met with some of the most amazing experiences that you could ever imagine, like connecting to Latinas that are entrepreneurs, that are solopreneurs, that are um, doctors, lawyers, moms, um, people who are pioneering and creating new things like yourself, you know, like highlighting new BIPOC uh, wine vineyard makers, like These are things that I didn't even see because I hadn't had the pathway cleared for me so that I could see what was there for us, right? So that I could understand how important we are to the makeup of this country, but let alone not even just the makeup, we are this country, right? And so like, it's kind of one of those things where you're just, I'm getting tired of not seeing us where we deserve and where we belong. So how am I going to make a change for that? And that's where all of this came from. I mean, that's a beautiful thing to be able to see beyond just what you have for yourself. You're like, okay, I know I'm doing this. I know others are out there. How do I find them? Who are some of the first Latino podcast, Latino, Latina, Latinx, however, you know, what are some of the first few podcasters that you found and how did you connect with them? So you're going to, you're going to laugh. I was, I still remember this day. I was, uh, it was October the 4th, 2019. 
I was in a hospital building because I used to be in medical sales for those who know me back then. But and I was searching on Instagram. I did the hashtag Latina podcasters, didn't find anybody. Then it's hashtag Latina pod. So I decided to start Latina podcasters Instagram immediately. And then anybody who was hashtag under Latina podcasters, I started highlighting them every single day. So like Her Dinero Matters with Jem Hempfield has been somebody that I supported from the beginning. She's also supported me. Um, I remember Latina for Latina obviously has been one of like the staples that have been around for a long time. But you know what? From that point on, I feel like every single person that I've connected to, every podcaster that I've connected to has had just as strong of a relevance than those first two that I did. You know, it's just been this ongoing journey of con continued connection and elevation and continued connection and elevation of all of us that has really put us in a position now where like PodFest wants us to make sure, wants to make sure that we're part of PodFest Global, right? So they give us our space to create our mini conference. Like all of these people are now starting to notice that not only is Latina podcasters there, they're also starting to use our name for certain things without asking us, but that's okay. I always think that like when there is, there's space for collaboration everywhere, right? And I have never been a person who's big on competition because I know what competition looks like because I've always worked in very competitive fields. And I don't want that for my life forever. Like that restriction, that tightness, that, that ugly feeling that you get when you're trying to compete against somebody else is there's only fulfills you so much until the next hit. Versus if you work in a space where you're collaborating with people, you're never going to feel that. All you're going to feel is like that is like a continuous joy because you're watching everybody grow with you. Yeah, especially within communities of color, right? We really need, and I, and I feel like this has been a continual theme over the last several podcasts that I've talked, whether I've been interviewed or I'm interviewing in regards to we're much stronger as communities together than as then we are separate. And I feel like ultimately there are powers that be that want to keep us separate because they realize the collective power that we have. Mm -hmm. So we have to recognize, first of all, we all have to recognize that, right? We all have to recognize the collective power that we have. So that's a really awesome thing that you saw that from the beginning, but Latina podcasters is still relatively new over. I mean, technically when did you launch the Instagram in October of 2019? Yeah. So when did it come, become from, okay, this is just like, I have this Instagram where I'm highlighting Latina podcasters to, I think I really want, I have something here. I have an idea here and I want to take it to the next level. When did that change? It changed last year during PodFest. Um, I decided, you know, we were already connecting to all these people. People were following us. I think we were like a thousand, a, a thousand um, followers on Instagram. You know, a few here and there, we were connecting really well on Facebook to the Facebook page and like people just really wanted something. And I was like, you know what? We're going to be at the convention. Let's just host like a meetup, like a mock meetup. I didn't even know that you were supposed to like tell the people from the convention. <laughs> I was just like, hey, we're just going to meet up together. If you guys want to join us, it's fine. And we did. And we had like, 35 people. But when I'm talking about 35 people, like the people that showed up have been podcasting for years. So we had Latinas from the boardwalk to uh, from the from the block to the boardroom was there. Um, Teresa, Elsie Escobar, uh, Melvin Rodriguez. So it's like these really high hitters in the Latinx community who've been podcasting 
for not one year, two years. I mean, like 14, you know, 15 years, they all showed up and it was just like, whoa, it was pretty powerful and also very relevant to say that this is necessary and it's needed. And I was almost (laughs) pinned up against in the corner and they're like, you have to do this. Like this is, it's important. We need representation and you need to do this because you've already started. So you can't stop. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Was that intimidating? I mean, I would imagine that could kind of be intimidating because here you are very new to this space. You Mm -hmm. have these people who have really, really dove into their podcast. They're very established. They're very whatever. And you're like six months in. And you're like, hey, let's do a meetup. And hey, and you find out the people that show up are people who are very well established in the podcast world. How intimidating was that for you? And like, what did you have to overcome just internally, right? Because we all have internal struggles. We're all not just like, oh, yay, happy. Yeah, we could do it. Because even when we say we can do it, there's still internal struggles. Like, what was your experience with that? I mean, it's everybody's best friend, right? Imposter syndrome, it shows up in like the most interesting ways. But again, um, I think what's helped me truthfully is that like the podcasting space is so um, open to collaboration and people really do want to see a more diverse podcasting space and arena for everyone. They want it to be accessible. They want, you know, some of the older people want good sounding audio quality and, you know, well put together podcast episodes. But what I tell them is, is like you, I'm a big supporter of the First Amendment. And I think that podcasting gives us a space as BIPOC people, as Latinas, as Latinos, as everybody in general, as the Latinx community, for us to get to a microphone and get over our imposter syndrome. And so for me, it's like, if your podcast sucks and you're just getting started, guess what? Everybody who's first got started sucked too. So I'm not going to... It's amazing. Absolutely. (laughs) No, you but can like, totally tell the difference. You can totally tell the difference. Right. It's like, you know, you, the only way that you're going to learn to get better is by trying. Um, and the only way you're going to learn to get over imposter syndrome is by getting out of your own way and sucking. And that's the only, there's no like, I'm going to be the best coming out of this. I mean, even Michael Phelps, who is an Olympic gold medalist in swimming, sucked when he first got thrown into the water, right? So like, don't be afraid to suck, but know that, you get better along the way and it naturally progresses just like anybody else, you know? And uh, I think that was really kind of what has helped and asking for feedback from my peers and from people who are part of the network. I mean, you know, as I was telling you guys two days ago, right, we were, or yesterday, I looked over and honestly took a serious look at all the surveys that I had asked all the members of the podcast network about. And, you know, you guys are going to be the best ones to tell me what's working and what's not working. And also going back to my peers and saying, hey, look, this is what, this is the response. This is the response I got from the survey. What do you suggest I do to pivot? How do you think? And like, I don't have to take on everything that they say. I can still continue to pioneer and create something that's not there anyway, right? Like we're all just trying to figure out what works. So throw the spaghetti on the wall and then the one that sticks, create consistency behind it and figure it out and keep going. I mean, that's honestly what's been the best thing. Like, you know, when you're creating something from scratch, it's, it's not easy. It's not because everybody, there's like 7,000 opinions coming at you all the time, but um, it's like, okay, if this is, if I hear hear this more than once, then obviously there's some consistency in in that. And so there's, it's worth pivoting. So 
So yeah, I mean, I guess that's, I don't know if I answered your question the right way, but I know, I know I answered it the best way possible. So yeah, through a lot of like just awesome feedback from my peers and also the people who are part of the network and podcasters in general, like asking, just asking questions like, what do you want to see? Yeah. You know? I mean, I know that there, I, I don't remember exactly when I joined Latina Podcast or when I found you on, on Facebook. Cause that's where it started. I think, I don't even know how to be perfectly honest. Maybe it was through Pam because Pam's the one who kind of walked me through launching mine and who's been my sound. She's been my sounding board for all of these things. Pam Covorubias from Cafe Con Pam. If you guys have listened to other episodes, I've talked about her a lot because mm-hmm. she's been such a pivotal she's awesome. part of my journey. But at some point, I, I mean, I do remember like you, you, and you still have it open where people can share their episodes and everything. And what, but there became a point where you decided you're like, okay, there's more to this. Let's now we have a community. We're building a community. Let's take the community and monetize it. And how, like, what was your process in regards to figuring out how you wanted to do that, what you wanted to do, what that would entail? Because that's all, that's honestly a lot. And you're a one woman show with the exception of every once in a while you have interns, but we all know if we work with interns, we love interns, but they can only do so much. And especially when they're rotating, it becomes very hard to find consistency. So what was the point when you're like, okay, let's take this from community to, I want to help these podcasts monetize. I think one of the things that was very pivotal was like last year, I think it was a very powerful year for, for me. Um, And unfortunately I think, for everyone across the board. You know, the pandemic was also something that kind of taught us that we're going to either sink or swim. And if we swim, it's because we're creating space, right? Or we're creating certain things. Sorry, y'all. That's my mascot. The mascot of Latina podcasters, Louie. That's real life. My <laughs> cue is over here laying down on the bed. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's looking at that and knowing that in other positions, I've had to struggle really hard. I've had to... Um, I've had I've had positions where I've been underpaid and watched my counterpart get paid twice as much. I've had a cousin who is a pretty influential social media influencer and I've watched her get paid 50% less than her counterparts, her white Caucasian counterparts and I was like, "You know what? If we're just starting to showcase our talent, we need to make sure that we push for the most that we can get. And I don't mean like by somebody else creating those standards. I mean, by us giving the ability to the podcaster to create those uh, those standards, whether it's talking to you guys about how to create unique ways of monetizing, like you do this really great where you host events and your merchandise is so on point and very on brand with your podcast, but not every podcast. I'm wearing my shirt, my new shirt. Yeah. You guys go to wineandcheesma.com and purchase this maroon, <laughs> gorgeous shirt she has and get that matching lipstick color, girl. <laughs> but, but, you know, I think that's really kind of what the basis of that was. And I remember this summer I was, I was doing a pitch to try to get some funding and to also try to get in front of some VCs to build the podcast network from the ground up, right? And they, the pitch contest was a little different. It is very different compared to other pitches that I've done, but it was the entire community of Latinos like asking me like, how are you going to tell media that they have to pay us? And I was like, easy. I'm going to tell them that they have to pay us. Like, 
And if they don't pay them, like I would prefer to not take pennies on the dollar and not over deliver, right? Then for us to not create the standard of what needs to be moving forward. Like people believe that you have to have thousands of downloads. You have to be this just like pioneer in the podcast space. And that's not true because the truth is, is your engagement percentage is what really matters. And in our communities, we are such word of mouth people and we are such high consumers of audio that that conversion number is probably a lot higher than the person who has 10,000 downloads or a million downloads, because most of the time people aren't listening because they don't care. Oh, yeah. Within the Latino communities, the we tend to stick with what we know and what we like. So and that includes brands, right? If you grew up with something, chances are you're going to continue. And Latinos are more loyal to brands than any other segment of the population. Latinos are more loyal to brands. So if you're thinking about it in that way, if they find a podcast that they like, they're more likely to stay loyal and continue to listen to that podcast than, and then maybe find others like it than not, right? If they find something that they like, they're going to stick with it. And authenticity is such a big thing because we can pick up on that very quickly. People can just in general pick up on that very quickly. But using what you said as an example, right? Like I have these virtual wine tastings and depending on the wine and everything, I can make a winemaker some pretty good money from a wine tasting. Mm -hmm. They literally do nothing. They literally, all they do is send out the wine. I'm the one who does the marketing. I'm the one who does everything. They send out the wine. They just made however much money, depending on how much, you know, how much we do. They just made how, you know, six, $700, maybe more for doing nothing for just saying, yeah, I'll participate in your wine tasting. And that is, you know, and that's because of the loyalty that I've also built up that people trust me to pick vintners that they, that will represent them and that they'll want to try and pick wines that they would want to try as well. So if you look at it that way, in regards to brand loyalty, you have to look at it in the way of how people consume media as well. Absolutely. I think, and that's the other thing too, right? Like I, I tend to be the person who pushes people or tries to challenge people to do something. And when we first started doing the virtual happy hours during the pandemic, the lockdown, right? Like I... Every week I would go in, we would have our little community talks and stuff over wine about podcasts. And then I would challenge everybody who was on the call. And I kind of got away from that, which I probably start need to start doing now more than ever. But the biggest challenges were always about people monetizing their podcasts. Because the fear is that as Latinos in general, we've been conditioned to give away everything. Like this humble concept of no... I can't, like I have to, you know, I get amar el prójimo, right? You have to love your neighbor. Um, And so therefore we have to be these humble people that never get paid for anything. And it's like, no, that's not fair. Like we have to pay rent, we pay bills. We like things just like the rest of the world. So we should also be getting paid just as much to make sure that people connect to our communities authentically. And I mean, you know this, I've told everybody, if you don't want to do a campaign, you don't have to do it. Oh, I'm you've, gonna, heard him. you've you've been yeah. on the side of where I've said what I will want to do right. and what I wouldn't want to do because I, I, I it needs to be authentic for me. I need to feel that. Exactly. And it's like, I also know that everybody's authenticity level is going to be completely different to their audience. And that's another thing that we need to talk about too, right? It's like, we all have completely different 
perspectives and views and like there's no cookie cutter Latina. We're literally everything, right? Like we were raised in different neighborhoods. We grew up eating different things. Like our friends look like the colors of the rainbow. You know, like some of us have been here generations upon generations and we don't even speak English. We don't even speak Spanish and they don't connect to being Latina anymore, right? So like there are these things that people don't understand about our community. And so I think it's our responsibility too, to be able to communicate that because if we don't, they're going to continue hitting the mark. They're missing the mark every time. And, you know, that's one of the things that, I ensure for sure, whenever we do get these opportunities, I let that, you know, send them out to you guys. If it's not something that you don't want to do, I'm not going to force it down your throat. And I'm not just going to insert the ad into your podcast either, because I don't think that that's fair. No, absolutely. I mean, people have to feel it. You're, you're right. You, they have to feel like it's part of something that they would naturally, at least for me, mm-hmm. right? It's something that they would naturally incorporate into their life. Yeah. You know, if you gave me, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something that would be so crazy. Like, I'm not a big sweets person. So if a cookie company wanted to sponsor me, I'd be like, mm, I mean, do you have something that's not that sweet? <laughs> like, what about dark chocolate? Because it goes perfect. Absolutely not. First of all, dark chocolate does not like, first of all, chocolate and wine actually do not go together unless it's like 90% pure chocolate. You're, it's not actually supposed to go together. People say it goes together only for the fact that people like chocolate and like wine. And so they kind of force it together, but they're actually not great pairing partners. Just an FYI. I don't like chocolate anyway. So if a chocolate, if Hershey's came to me, I'd be like, you need to bring something else that comes from Hershey's. That's not chocolate. Cause I can't eat that. Cause I will like anybody that knows me knows that I don't like chocolate and I will spit it out. Like if they were like, Oh, just bite it on air and say how good it is. I would be like, <laughs> like no, can't do that. It would be no bueno. So just, just an FYI. If anybody ever wants to send me any presents, don't send me chocolate. (laughs) By by she says, if anybody, she means send her a gift. (laughs) If anybody wants to send me a gift, I'm going to put the list of comprehensive Latino winemakers on my website. You can go to one of those and pick out some wine and send it my way. That's the best gift. Or buy merchandise. (laughs) Right, exactly. Line my pocket. That's girls got to eat. Girls got to eat. You want to show the love. That's how you can show the love is by supporting the podcast. I mean, right? Mm -hmm. Especially if you're not near the thing near near where I am in San Diego, you can do that. I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna have to get a PO box to put that up so people can send me stuff. (laughs) You never know. You never know. You heard it on this episode, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what is this? Because I know that you do a lot of research and there's different papers that have been in regards to like what the state of podcasts are and the state of like yeah. podcasts and everything. What is the state of podcasts in the U S versus other Latin American countries? So when there it's twofold. So when you're talking about advertisement dollars, the U S based podcasting space has $1 billion to spend or allocated quote unquote this year to audio based brand sponsorship campaigns. When it comes down to Latin America, last year, they were at about 25 million. So obviously a huge difference, right? But the thing is, is that it's globalizing. So it's taking a while for, not for them to consume podcasts, but to start creating podcasts, right? And the same goes for the US-based podcasters. 
our percentages are a lot lower. Our percentages of BIPOC and Latinos and everybody mixed together is going to be about a 30%, but that's with everybody put together. Now, if you take that off of the percentages of what our our actual population and percentages in the U.S., like we are at 52 million people right now. So half of that essentially is about 20, let's say we're at about 26 million Latinas, right? And then we continue dividing that down. So like my guesstimate um, is that our target audience listenership opportunities for just Latinas or the Latinx community, you're talking about like 28 million people that would be listening. So there's no, there's no competition there, right? That's why I always say, I'm like, people believe that they're competing with the next person, but there's so many people to well, listen and that's to the thing. Podcast. Yeah, that's the thing with podcasts as well, is that there's so many opportunities, right? There's so many different mm-hmm. perspectives. Everybody, we all have different perspectives. Things can go come from different perspectives. Things, every, we all have our own lived experiences. There's so many different subjects that we can talk about. And it really needs to be collaboration over competition because, again, we are stronger together as a community together. And if we want to make a dent in those dollars, then we need to not be afraid of interviewing another podcaster, promoting another podcast. Like we that's something that we need to not be afraid of. What kind of feedback have you gotten from podcasters that have been podcasting from a long time? Like those podcasters that you met at PodFest in 2019, right? Or 2020, 2020. 2020, yeah. In 2020. And in regards to where you're at now, are those people that you are still in contact with? Are they giving you feedback in regards? Are those people that you kind of get, kind of that you've used as mentors in regards to this journey? Oh, absolutely. Some people I still talk to pretty frequently. Like I mentioned Jen earlier, I've talked, to, you know, Elsie has given some great Elsie from uh, she's the community manager for Lipson, which is one of the hosting agents. I'm not actually I'm not um, promoting or marketing their hosting agent. It just makes me really proud to see the places that Latinas have gotten to in media in general, but like just what she's been able to do for the community in podcasting, right? Like she's just such a wealth of knowledge and she's not selfish about it either. Like she's willing to help in any way possible. Um, just talking to so many people and yeah, I mean, I talk to them all the time, if not, not every day, but you know, I mean, pretty frequently because you want to stay up to date on what's going on in your industry. And you also want to keep those relationships and connections because you never know when you're going to want or need each other. And, you know, if you start off in on a good front with someone, those relationships only get stronger. What do you think, like for the Latina Podcasters Network, what do you think the ideal person to be part of the network is outside. Shakira. <laughs> I already have like, it. Like it's outside, my head. I mean, okay, not Shakira. I'm talking the regular person that wants to start it, you know, or oh, are you oh, talking yeah. about like, are you talking about people who are established in their podcast? Are you talking about people who are just starting? Are you talking like, what is kind of the dynamic in regards to the membership of Latina podcasters? Right. Um, so for me, it's anybody who wants to get started in podcasting. You can start with an idea or you can be an established podcaster because what happens is is we we can all learn from each other. Um, we have the virtual happy hours, which, you know, for a little bit there, I think it was also like the turn of holidays and seasons and everything. We used to have a little bit more of a stronger amount of people that were joining us on the virtual happy hours, but we're going to start seeing that kind of get back up to 
where it was before, but you bounce ideas off of each other, right? And if one person in California is doing this and the other person in New York is doing this and one person in Texas is doing that, you start to see kind of like the consistency of what people are creating in their brands. And so for me, it's like, if you're coming with just an idea and you want to be part of the Latina Podcasters Network so we can help you create the ideation or I can coach you through um, creating podcasts to all the way through launch, why not? You know, why not add to that? What if you come in with an idea that just blows everybody up, right? Like, I, I think, again, going back to that collaborative effort, it's we are powerful, not because our numbers per se, but because of the person that comes that gravitates towards the podcast network. That's what makes us powerful. That's what makes us recognizable and our identity and our, our impact in the community. That's one of the reasons why we continue to grow and continue to connect to more people is because of that. And I don't want to, again, I am a huge proponent of the first amendment and I feel like anything that, you know, Maria or Teresa or anybody has to say, it's just as important. Now, if we can give you structure and help you understand the good parts on how to like create and develop, then yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there are some standards when it comes down to what we'll be shopping around for ads at this point. Um, I kind of understand the, not kind of, I understand the structure now as to like how we can tear that off for people who are just starting off a podcast and how to sell the ad versus not understanding at all. Right. So like now we know what the average downloads look like for Latina podcasters, right? What we can go from there to create the monetization opportunities, what events can be created, things like that. And it's like, you wouldn't know that if you went off and did it by yourself. So, you know, for me, it's, it's the person who really wants to get a message out there. I would love to see more Latinas, Latinx women and people in general to, to do more murder crime mysteries. Like I would love to hear, you know, somebody who researched the heck out I of like feel, a crime murder mystery. And I would I be like, like oh my not, God. I mean, I'm sure there's some Latinas out there who would, but I feel like they're keeping that to themselves. They're just yeah. like, I'm not giving away anything because right. you never know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, mm, can't talk about me because, yeah. you know, DNA results. But no, I, it's, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. It's like, you just, you really want to see chart topping podcasts. And like, I write this down every single day. I'm not kidding. Latina Podcasters is the number one global podcast network for Latinas. And the podcasts on Latina Podcasters have charted on Spotify and iTunes. I do it every single day. It's one of the 10 things that I want to manifest for my life. And I want for the future, for my niece, for anybody, when podcasting continues to elevate or evolve into whatever that it's so diluted with amazing voices all over the place that are diverse that she won't even know that this is where it started, right? If I know that that's where it got to, then we won. That makes sense. Yeah. So what do you, I, I know that you've been working on a lot of things in regards to Latin podcasters. Obviously, monetization has been one of those, one of the major things. What else are you working on for Latina podcasters? Yeah, so we are, I'm obviously updating the website right now, building out a platform a little bit cleaner so that for those podcasters that are on the network, you have your podcast embedded in the page. That way, uh, when we go to quote unquote monetize your podcast, they have a sample already ready to go. So you don't even have to worry about creating a podcast page if you don't want to. You already have it. It's part of your membership. 
for those podcasters that want to just put themselves on the directory, because let's be honest, being an independent podcaster can be pretty expensive. We also offer an opportunity for you to put yourself on the directory as well. Uh, You don't get the membership benefits, but you do get to uh, display your podcast. And then at the same time, you know, we also know who continues to podcast out there. So that keeps us in touch with what's coming. The other thing that we're going to be working on is creating a convention for Latinas, both in the U.S. and on the global scale, because we want to continue to grow and elevate and create more visibility for the podcasters. And this is going to be for Latinas, that podcast. Um, You know, we're going to do a call for speakers with all speakers being, I wouldn't say 100% of the speakers, right? Because not everybody's going to want to speak, but uh, the majority of the speakers are going to be people from the podcast network as, you know, we want to continue creating visibility and marketing those podcasts as well. Um, and just so on. I mean, there's the opportunities are endless, but truthfully, my, my biggest thing is wanting to create an app that has all these podcasts already on it. And we're not far from that now. So like, I'm really excited for what the future holds. Uh, we can only continue growing together and like, you know, there's there's a lot, a lot of great stuff. Well, I know you're limited in time. So let me start wrapping up because there's I have so many more questions, but my stupid internet was not working properly. So that like cut our time short by at least a good 15 minutes. So apologies for that. Um, you I, I asked everybody what a word is that described their life. And you said unpredictable. Why do you say unpredictable? So I think a lot of people start off their lives with a plan, right? Like most people's parents have a plan for them and what they want their children to be or do. Yeah. What did your plan, what would, what do your parents want from you? Oh, I was supposed to be a lawyer, which was interesting because it's like, I ended up lobbying. I would have never gone to law school to be a lawyer anyway. I would have gone to law school to be a lobbyist because that's really what I wanted to do. And I ended up lobbying anyway. So like I truly believe that when you let go and go through the ebbs and flows of whatever life is throwing at you, um, you still are very much in control of the decisions that you make. I mean, we're all in this adventure book, right? Like those Mm -hmm. books that we used to read when we were kids. Choose your own adventure. Yeah, choose your own adventure. You know, are you going to go to page 74? Are you going to stay on page three, which is the same track of what the book already lined out for you, right? And for me, I've always chosen... the path of resistance versus the one of least resistance. And, you know, I've learned so many valuable lessons, like so many unimaginable things. I've gone to so many extreme, amazing places that I would have never imagined this. I don't think like how um, B Mike from New Orleans says, um, I'm my ancestors' wildest dreams. I don't even think my ancestors, I think it's like my, my ancestors, ancestors, because I probably would have freaked them out with all the things that I've done in my life. But understanding that I've gotten the freedom to do that because my parents took a choice to come here really gives me like excitement and happiness. So the fact that, you know, they worked hard and sometimes hours that I didn't see them, you know, or my mom really is raised by a single parent. But, you know, you think about it now it was their sacrifices and the ability to do that. It gave me the sacrifices and the ability to make mistakes, to learn a lot, to see everything, to travel all around the world, to work in unique and dynamic spaces and to be able to connect to people in general in the most genuine way. I mean, like, I think that's what is the beauty of being unpredictable. 
I mean, that's a beautiful lesson to learn, right? Is to embrace the unpredictable because I think that's the only thing constant in life is change. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. So if people want to reach out, find more about more, find more out about the Latina Podcasters Network, how can they do that? You go to latinapodcasters.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Latina Podcasters. You can follow us on Twitter at Latina Pod, NTW. Uh, you can shout me out if you'd like. I'm on Instagram as well at Rita E. Bautista, or you can follow me on LinkedIn and Facebook. It's all under my name, Rita Bautista. And there is a Facebook group, Latina Podcasters as well. Yes, there's a private Facebook group for Latina Podcasters. But, uh, you know, we're everywhere that you need to find us. Um, we even have a TikTok. It's not really active just yet, but um, there's so okay, much. Oh, wait, we have a... Yeah, yeah. We have a clubhouse house. It's called Latinx Podcasters by Latina Podcasters Network. And we're in the process of creating our schedule now. So it's more consistent, but we do have, um, you know, different topics that we come on. We'll be highlighting more podcasters from the network and just creating more space, creating more visibility. And we always start and end with the wine. So tell me your favorite type of wine, red, white and or rosé. And do you have a favorite brand? What about champagne? I'm a bubbles girl. Oh, yeah. You, well, I mean, technically it's sparkling wine. So you can say you like sparkling wine. I love, love, love sparkling wine. Shamsberg. I'm a little bougie. Shamsberg is my favorite brand. Um, but I do. I mean, I can occasionally I go with the Grand Beck. The South African is like one of my faves, too. Their rosé is delicious. Yeah. So if you want to send me one of those P.O. boxes to Jessica, just send me some bubbles, guys. <laughs> well, I will tell you that there is a Latina owned brand called Las Amigas and it's a cuvee made very in the very French style. And they apparently are compared to Schramsberg and but not with not with the same price tag. And it's really good. It's the best bubbles I've ever had. Super good. The first uh, sparkling champagne my, made by Latinas in the U.S. I'm going to have to go check it out. Where can I find it? Can you get them to send me a box? You go to, Andra, you <laughs> okay. go to andramacellars.com or yamasfamilywines.com. Cool. I'm going to have so, to check it out. So, Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Rita, I wish I could. I'm so sorry that <laughs> oh. like we literally lost a good 15 minutes, which I would have loved to explore more into everything else. But we got, you know, this is real life. Things happen. My internet happened today. And I, but I appreciate you like sharing the journey of Latina podcasters with me. I know that there's so much more to come. And until next time, mi gente. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wine and Chisme podcast. For more information on today's guest, please see the show notes for links to websites and social media channels. You can check out all things Wine and Chisme on our website, thewineandchismepodcast.com. There, you will find the names of wines I drink each episode, as well as additional information on me, the podcast, and you can even apply to be a guest straight from there. You can also find us on social media at The Wine and Chisme on Instagram and at The Wine and Chisme Podcast on Facebook. Remember, if you want to hear more Wine and Chisme, subscribe, rate, and review. Five-star ratings are appreciated and those positive reviews are appreciated even more. Until next time, saludos!